Last Sunday, we launched our Christmas season here in church. And one of the ways we launched it was stepping into a new season, a new series, a Christmas series, where we're talking about some of our best-loved Christmas carols. And what we're doing is we're looking at these Christmas carols and we're extracting truth from them, and then we're applying that truth to our lives. So this is good, isn't it? And last week, Enda talked, he talked, I know he talked to you about what he said was his favorite carol, but I have to say it's actually my favorite carol too. But he got first dibs. I don't know, so he got to be first. <laughs> but anyway, it's not that I don't love this one coming up. But um, Oh Holy Night, he looked at. And it is, it's one of my favorites. It's a beautiful, beautiful carol. And the meaning behind it is so precious. If you missed it, guys, if you missed it, I, I just encourage you. It's online from today. Go on and look at it. The history behind that carol is, wow, it blew my mind. I was actually with the kids last Sunday, so I had to listen to it during the week, and it is, wow. So I encourage you to check that out. But today, we're going to look at joy to the world. Now, to me, I feel this song says Christmas, doesn't it? It's one of those songs. It actually, it's one of those songs that when Christmas is mentioned, it just rolls off your tongue, isn't it? Joy to the world, isn't it? You know, it defines Christmas, I believe. And the song is infamous. It's been in countless movies. It's been sang around the world countless times. It's been sang in schools. It's been sang in churches. It's been sang at carol services all around the world countless, countless times. It's been sang by countless people. It's been sang by countless famous artists. Amen. It's been sang by countless choirs. I actually found a version where Barbie sings it. <laughs> Amen. There you go. And it wouldn't let me play it for some reason. But anyway... But I feel that if you ask anyone to name a carol associated with Christmas, joy to the world is one of them that will roll off their tongues. It's going to be in the first tree, I really believe. So a little bit of history. You want a little bit of history on joy to the world, right? It was written by an English minister and hymn writer named, hymn writer named Isaac Watts in 1719. Guys, this song is 304 years old, and it's still relevant today, and it still works today. Why? Because it's God. Amen. And Isaac Watts, he loved poetry, and apparently he displayed a propensity for poetry at a very young age. And he was once asked, right, so they were praying as a family, and he got in trouble because his dad spotted him with his eyes open during prayer. <laughs> and this has nothing to do with my message, but I just thought you might like to hear it. So he had his eyes open when he was praying, and the dad scolded him for it. And his response to it was, a little mouse for want of stairs ran up a rope to say its prayers. <laughs> and of course, the dad punished him, punished him severely for this. But while the dad was punishing him, he said, oh, father, father, pity take, and I will no more verses make. <laughs> anyway, thank God he still did write verses because when he was an adult, he was, he actually, what he did was he introduced a new way of rendering the Psalms in church. Okay, he rendered a new way of psalms in church. And what he did was he proposed that the psalms be adapted for hymns with a Christian perspective. And this is really interesting, right? He felt that the psalms should be imitated in the language of the New Testament. So what he did was he used to like interpreting the Old Testament into what he knew now of the New Testament. Okay, joy to the world actually is based on Psalm 98. Wow, okay. I don't know, maybe some of you already know this, but my mind was, whoop. right, Psalm 98, verse 1. It says, sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. 
His holy arm has shown his saving power. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Verse 2, the Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise and to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Verse 4, shout to the Lord all the earth, break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with a harp with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn, make a joyful symphony before the Lord the King. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. Verse 7 says, let the sea and everything in it shout its praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Yes, verse 9 Verse 8, let the rivers clap, clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy. Joy to the earth, the Savior reign. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains. Amen. Verse 9, before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove, come on, the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Gosh, you're leaving me hanging. <laughs> Praise God. How often do we sing these Christmas carols just for the sake of it? It's Christmas. It's what we sing at Christmas time. Amen. We can be guilty of just rattling off the words of those Christmas carols. These carols that we think we know so well. Amen. Without a second thought. Just like we can rattle off prayers. I grew up rattling off prayers. Amen. One after the other. We can be guilty. Even the Our Father. I rattled it off and rattled it off. Not realizing what I was saying. Not realizing the power and the meaning behind that prayer. Joy to the world. Church, this is a powerful Christmas carol. Amen. Because what does joy mean in the natural? Well, joy in the natural, if you look in the dictionary, it says a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. In life, lots of things bring us joy, don't it? Family, our family brings us joy. Friends, walks on the beach, you know, chocolate for me brings me joy. A new home, a new car. You know, walks on the beaches, I said, those lazy, hazy days of sun, summer, the first signs of spring. Enda really is joyful when he sees the first signs of spring. Snow, if you're Sharon, apparently brings her joy. But all these things and so much more in life can cause us joy, amen? But the joy that we're talking about in joy to the world is the ultimate joy. Yeah. It's the everlasting joy, the immeasurable joy, the perfect joy that comes only from a life that includes Jesus. Amen? Because a life that includes Jesus brings biblical joy. Biblical joy. And what does biblical joy mean? Well, it means comfort. It means contentment. It means being full of peace. Amen? You know, we saw last week that the song, O Holy Night, was full of hope. It talks about the night that Jesus was born as bringing hope, hope to the world. A weary world rejoices. And the world was rejoicing now. Why? Because it had hope. Amen. The entrance of Jesus into the world brought hope. And this hope also brings joy. Yeah. Church, when you have hope, you can have joy. Amen. Yeah. Joy to the world. This hope that came when the Jesus was born caused the world to rejoice. 
The world rejoiced. The world could now feel pleasure. The world could now have happiness. The world could now be comforted. Amen? And it says joy to the world. Sometimes we don't think about that. Joy to the world. It didn't necessarily mean that the night Jesus was born, the world was going to be full of joy or has been full of joy ever since, because we know that's not the case. But the song says that the night Jesus was born can bring joy to the world. Amen? Joy can come to the world now. With the entrance of Jesus into the world, the world now has the potential for contentment, the potential for peace. Amen? Because the hope of a Savior has entered the world. You know, when the angel visited the shepherds on the side of the hill that night, they didn't come across a joy, a bunch of joyous men sitting on the side of the hill, loving their lives, loving this isolated job. Because as we know, shepherds were mostly outcasts, weren't they? They were the ones that maybe had brought in shame or embarrassment on their families. And they had been ushered away from people out to the side of a hill to look after some sheep. So you can only imagine the mood of these men when this angel appeared sitting around probably moping, tired, fed up, bored, lonely, feeling insecure, not feeling very important. And all of a sudden, the heavens open and this angel speaks to them. This angel brings them this message of hope, this message of joy. And we know they were terrified because Luke chapter 2 and verse 10 says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Amen. You see, there was hope now, hope for forgiveness, hope for freedom, hope for peace, hope for eternal life. Amen. And all this hope now brings joy. It's caused joy. The world can rejoice now because Jesus has come. Hope has entered into the world. And yes, church, we know it's not all Skittles, sure it's not, you know, it's not all nice things. Things will come against us. We will face trials. But in those trials, we now can have joy. We can choose to have joy. We can choose to live joyful lives. Why? Because at the end of the day, we have hope. Amen. We have hope. Because the entrance of Jesus into the world, it doesn't assure us of a problem-free life, but it does give us the ability to rejoice in the face of our problems. Because when you know Jesus, you can rest in the knowledge that nothing can defeat you now. Nothing can defeat you, amen? We sang that earlier, nothing can defeat you. Oh yes, things may try and come against you, and they will. But you can have joy knowing, I have the victory in this. And that's why we're told in Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So even though things may be difficult, even though things may be tough, we can still have joy in our hearts because no matter what the enemy throws at us, Church, no matter what he throws at us, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, we are blessed. We are forgiven. We are free. We are loved unconditionally. And we have the promise of eternal life. The birth of Jesus brings joy to the world. The birth of Jesus, as we said, brings this feeling of pleasure and happiness. But it also brings that spirit of comfort, that peaceful contentment. Amen. And when all hell seems to be breaking loose around us, and we know the world is a mess at the minute, amen? But that doesn't matter to us. Yes, we care. Yes, we pray. But we don't have to get bogged down with that. We don't have to get stressed out about that. We don't have to get worried about that, amen? Because we can live lives full of peace knowing we have hope. And that hope can, can lead us to joy, amen? So we have hope, and that hope brings us joy. But you know what joy also brings? It brings us strength. 
Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When we choose the joy of the Lord in the midst of trials, we are strengthened. You know, when we choose, despite our situation or circumstance, to walk with joy, God gives us a strength. Amen? A strength that we never knew we had. The joy of the Lord brings a strength. Being joyful brings a strength. You know, and I tell you something, being miserable will never help your issue. If you have an issue or a circumstance coming against you, if you're miserable in it, it will not help your issue. In actual fact, it will bog you down. Amen. It will bog you down. And I know in the natural, a storm comes, I know. And the natural reaction is to get down or to get miserable or to feel low, feel sorry for ourselves. You know, and sometimes we even think we have the right to go around with a face on us like we're carrying the world. Amen. But we don't. We as believers, we don't have that right. Amen. Why? Because we have hope. And in actual fact, feeling down and miserable will add a weight to your problem, as I said. A weight that will drag you down, church. Choosing to be joyful in the midst of your storm, and maybe that's difficult. And I know it's not easy. But if you choose to be joyful in the midst of a storm, it brings an uplifting. Amen. It lightens the load. It will cause you to look at things differently. Because when you're miserable and down and feeling, you know, very, very low about the circumstance you're in, you can't see a way out. You will not see a way out. But when you choose to be joyful in that circumstance, when you choose to rejoice in the Lord in that circumstance, you will begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. You will not see that continuous darkness anymore because you will see the light. And in actual fact, and I'm sorry, but you're not going to like me for this, but I have to tell you, we are told in James to consider trials as an opportunity for joy. Amen. I'll prove it to you in case you don't believe me. James chapter one, verse two says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For we know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. He's saying here that we should look at our child and we should take this as an opportunity for joy. So the next time something that comes against you, you need to say, this is an opportunity for joy, Angela says. <laughs> but no, you see, when we go through trials, we grow. And I know it, they're difficult, but we're growing when we're going through trials. Our faith is tested. And as our faith is tested, we begin to grow and we begin to advance. And that's a good thing, amen? Because as we grow and as we advance, we begin to learn to endure longer. And then we're, we have this endurance built up inside of us. And that endurance makes us stronger, amen? As we're be learning to endure, our faith is being strengthened and we in turn are being strengthened. And it's not nice. It's not nice. Let's be honest, but unfortunately, we will go through those seasons of lack and hurt and pain. But God doesn't want us to set up camp there, amen? He wants us to grow in them. He wants us to get stronger in them, and he wants us to go through them, amen? Yeah. Jesus coming into the world means we don't have to set up camp in our trial. Excuse me, Psalms 23 verse 4 says, Yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? So you don't have to stay in your trial. You can go through it. Amen. God doesn't want us to set up home in the valley of the shadow of death. That is not a nice place to live. <laughs> that is not a nice place to live. Even though we go through some tough stuff, we're not meant to stay with our, we're not meant to lie down in that tough stuff. We are meant to keep pressing through. We are meant to keep pressing through. Because when we do, 
that joy will rise up in us and the joy of knowing that God is with us every step of the way. We sang it this morning. He's the firm foundation. The rain may come, the wind may blow, but if your house is built on Jesus, it will stand. Amen. The joy that the birth of Jesus brought to the world is so huge, church, that even as we just saw in that song, it says not only man, but the fields, the hills, the rocks, the plains, and heaven and nature should sing and repeat the sounding joy. We saw it in Psalms 98. Let the sea and everything in it shout its praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out for joy. Amen. This is huge. The joy that we have is huge. The birth of Jesus is one of the wonders of God's love for mankind. It's good news, church. It's good news for the earth. Man, it is good news. And I believe, too, not only does joy give us strength, but um, the birth of Jesus brings joy, but it's also the answer to all of the troubles in the world. Amen. There is not one issue that mankind can face in the world that Jesus doesn't have the answer to joy to the world the lord has come i we could sing there the answer to the world the lord has come that brings joy because you know yourself even in the natural if you're waiting on an answer for something when the answer comes it gives you an uplifting doesn't it you're joyful when you receive the answer so the birth of jesus as this song aptly puts it is joy to the world isaac watts this man amazes me i was really reading about him but when he wrote this song he actually wrote four verses or four stanzas, for those of you like English, no Jane Austen. <laughs> we like to call them stanzas. But unfortunately, right, so he wrote four verses, but unfortunately over the years, one of the verses has been left out. Now I remember singing this as a child, so it's obviously in recent times, and I Googled it and I couldn't find any artist, any famous artist singing this third verse. And it says, no more let sins and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. What does he come to do? He comes to make his blessings flow. Far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. We remember we said that he liked to interpret the Old Testament into with his knowledge of the New Testament. This third verse is actually based on Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, right? Genesis 3, 17. And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. Adam and Eve messed up. Yes, we're in agreement with that. They messed up. Amen. But Jesus is the answer. So this third verse, like, why has it been left out? Jesus is the answer. Jesus came into the world to take away sin and remove sorrow, yes? Jesus came into the world to fix things, yes? Jesus came into the world to provide a new covenant, yes? Jesus came into the world to make things better, yes? Jesus came into the world to remove the curse, yes? Jesus came into the world to claim victory over sin, yes? Jesus came into the world to clean up Adam and Eve's mess, yes? He comes to make his blessings flow, the verse says. He has come to provide blessing after blessing. That's joy, isn't it? Yeah. Why would that verse not be in the song? That's joy to the world. But yet some hymnals have removed this verse. And I was like, nah, this is conspiracy stuff. <laughs> so uh, I googled and I couldn't find a song to play you this morning, a version to play you with that verse in it. So Enda said, step aside, girl, I'll find it. <laughs> so yesterday he did. 
he came back empty. And when Enda can't find it, it's not there, amen? Oh, you didn't look that hard. Oh, you told me you did. But apparently, this cheerful repetition of the phrase, far as the curse is found, is not approved of anymore. So even Christian singers are not singing it. But this line makes joyful sense, doesn't it? This line makes perfect sense when we understand it with New Testament eyes. This is what Isaac Watts was trying to do. Because Jesus came to remove the curse. The curse is far from us now. No more let sins and sorrow grow, it says, nor thorns infest the ground. Why? Because Jesus came to bless us. His blessings, he came to make his blessings flow, the song says. Jesus didn't come to burden us. He didn't come to take away from us, amen. He came to bless us. He came to give to us. But yet, if you listen to some Christians, you would think that God would send Jesus to judge us and punish us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Did you know that, that Jesus came to judge you and punish you this morning? That is not the truth. Amen. That is not the truth. God sent Jesus to save us and to bless us. I have never been so blessed in my life as I have been since I gave my life to Jesus. And that is true, I'm telling you. Jesus came to make his blessings flow. Church, never let anyone tell you that God does not want to bless you. That is a lie. Amen. That is a lie. Why are some people so set on taking the joy out of something that's so good? Amen. Why are some people so bent on misery? God is not glorified in misery. Amen. God is glorified in joy, isn't he? God doesn't want us in fear or lack or depression. He doesn't want us hurting or in pain. He doesn't want us bound down or struggling under the weight of strongholds. That doesn't bring glory to God. Amen. God wants his children to have joy. No more let sins nor sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He came to make his blessings flow. Amen. Amen. Jesus came to make things better. Joy to the world. Church, this is a triumphant song. When you sing this song over Christmas, sing it as your triumphant song. Amen. Soldiers, when they come back from war, they sing triumphant songs, don't they? Because they've had the victory. They've won. So we need to sing this song. When you come across joy to the world again, you need to sing this with triumph. Amen. This is your victory song. This is your triumph song. Because you are blessed. You are saved. You are called. Your eternity is secure in heaven. Amen. Amen. Joy to the world. It's a triumphant song. God has set in motion a force that is intended to set us free. When Jesus was born, God has set in motion a force that is intended to set us free. Good news. Joyful news. Amen. As far as the curse is found, hope has been born. Joy to the world. So yes, tough seasons may come. But Jesus came to give us life. And he came to give us life more abundantly. How do we know that? Well, John chapter 10 and verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That's right. That's joy right there. Amen. If you were never to read another scripture in the Bible, you should still be filled with joy after reading that one. Amen. So we rejoice because we have joy. We rejoice because we have joy. Joy to the world, amen. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And just like the other fruits, love, patience, peace, we have to work on them, amen. 
fruit in the natural has to be attended to, doesn't it, to get the best out of it? So we have to work on it. You know, you have to choose to love people every day, don't you? Because they will try you. We have to choose, we have to, choose um, to be at peace every day, don't we? As we said, the world's a mess. Yeah. Amen. If you go online or anything. So you have to choose to be at peace. We have to choose every day to be patient. I guarantee you, when you drive out of this car park onto that road, your fruit of the spirit of patience will be tested. People are crazy on the road now, aren't they? We have to choose to be joyful. And God never said that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, difficult times wouldn't come, we said. But he did say that when they come, we need to remember Psalms 118 and verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made, and regardless of what's going on in my life, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. God wants us just to take one day at a time. Simple. One day at a time, he's saying. Just take one day at a time, rejoice and be glad in it. But every day we have to choose joy. We have to determine that I am going to be joyful today. Church, just as we finish, this is so important because joy in the natural is contagious. As I said to you, that little guy in the beginning, every time Emma sent me that video, and I keep repeating it because it makes me happy to listen to that child laugh. Don't you love his little laugh? And when he laughs, you laugh, don't you? So joy in the natural even is contagious. When we meet people that are joyful, we're uplifted, aren't we? When people meet joyful people, they're uplifted. Amen. There's a woman I see in town all the time. She just smiles. I don't know who she is. I don't know anything about her, but every time I meet her, she smiles at me, and I have watched her. It's not just me. I thought it was just me. She liked me, but it's not. I've watched her. She smiles at everybody she meets, and you know when somebody smiles at you, you want to smile back, don't you? Joy lifts people's spirits, so if joy in the natural is contagious, how more contagious is biblical joy? Amen? Why does Ayo have the longest queue in Little? Enda, he, he doesn't do cues. He doesn't do patience, right, very well. But it's his fruit of spirit. He's working on it, amen. I'm helping him. <laughs> but he will stand in a long queue to talk to Ayo. And it's not just because he knows her. She's joyful. Most people in there don't know who Ayo is or what her story is. But she's so joyful that they will stand in a long queue. And they will leave the shorter cues to be in her queue. Why? Because she oozes biblical joy. And people are drawn to biblical joy. The joy we have should uplift people. It should inspire them, amen? It should cause them to ask the question, why are they so joyful? Look at all that's going on around them and still they're so joyful. It should cause them to want what we have. Church, Christmas season is upon us. Joy to the world. People expect to talk about Jesus at this time. You've license, amen? License has been printed to talk about Jesus at this time. We're told in in 1 Peter chapter 3 that we should always be ready to explain the hope we have. So Christmas is wide open and prime time for that, amen? Get yourselves ready. Get yourselves ready. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. This is good news for the world. Last scripture, I want to read it to you from the Passion because I think it sums everything up. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Church, let the hope that's in you, that hope that you know so well, let it burst out. Let it burst out of you. Because as you let that burst out, it releases a continual joy. 
Once you stand on that hope you have, once you believe in that hope you have, once you speak that hope you have, once you try to share that hope you have, joy just comes with it because that hope brings joy. Amen.